The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay! Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Joe Napote, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom, how are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Good afternoon. Thank you, uh, President Kareem. Director, director, director. Uh, I, I, uh, we're not going to elevate him just yet, Norwood. Let, let me just uh, express my appreciation for having this great honor to serve as your uh, master ceremonies for this rally. Now, did everybody come here with the intent of participating in a rally? Yeah. Well, hold on just a second. Now, you know, because I'm not sure. So we're going to do this thing. Uh, everybody on this side, when I give you the signal, I want you to answer. And on this side, I want So did you all come here with the idea of participating in a rally? Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, just a minute. Uh, you know, get your voices ready. That you all come here with the idea of participating in a rally. Yeah! All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Now, all of you over here, and there's a lot of politicians over here, Mike Bean, and a lot, I'm sorry, uh, you're not a politician, Mike. But anyway, a lot of politicians over here. So here's what I want you to If you came here ready to p- participate in a rally, I want you to say, hell yeah, when I, uh, did you come here ready to participate in a rally? Hold on now, I'm going to give you all another chance. Did you come here ready to participate in the rally? All right, we'll come back. We'll, 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 we'll be back. We'll, we'll be back. Look, look, let me just take a quick moment of personal privilege. I want to just um, uh, thank, where's Dan Reyes? Dan, thank you for your, uh, for your leadership uh, of this great local and the personal privilege is this. This is a place that I uh, have a long history with. And there are a lot of great locals in our, uh, in our community. But this is my, my grandfather's local. Uh, this is a local where the members have been extremely supportive of me. And I want to just personally thank them and thank all of you for your support over the years that I've helped on the talk. Folks, before we bring we bring up our our, our first speaker, I, I just want to make one quick point. Every time that we come to this point where we have an election, someone says this is the most important election in your lifetime. Someone says that, and it's true. I can tell you this: that here in particular, if you're a member 
of a labor body, this is the most important election of your lifetime. If you're a teacher, this is the most important election of your lifetime. If you're living, as Norwood alluded to, alluded to in a community that's governed by a czar or an emperor called an emergency man manager, this is the most important election of your lifetime. So my brothers and sisters, we've got to make sure that we act like it's the most important election of our lifetime. I, I, I'm going to uh, know what has already given her a shout out, uh, but uh, there's no one in the state of Michigan that has represented, you know, actually in, in a non-elected capacity for a long while, but most recently as a chair of the Wayne State Board of Governors and now as a candidate for Congress from the 15th District. Uh, the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Woodrow Stanley, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Stream us live weekdays at 9 Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Made possible by listeners like you. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue uh, today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program into the second uh, hour of our three-hour tour. And it's going to sound a little bit like a Wednesday show, actually, as I uh, introduce the people that are joining me uh, by phone. Our roundtable regulars from Armchair Politics. We have uh, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Good to be here. <clears throat> and uh, also joining us... Uh, um, longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter. Hi, Henry. Good morning. Morning, Henry. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me to this wonderful commentary. Well, I, I thought it would be uh, it would be nice, and and I have to say thank you to Henry for. Uh, giving me a call on Wednesday uh, and and letting me know um, about the passing of Woodrow Stanley. We heard him uh, in his own words opening up this hour, and I have I, I went back to the last time he was on Armchair Politics with us, um, which was uh, at the New McCree Theater. Yeah, and uh, uh, um, I, I pull up some pictures of that event. I mean, I recall that very very well. It was it was the day <clears throat> after the last ele election That's right. back in November. That's right. And so I, I pulled a few of his, his comments, and we'll hear those at the end of the hour. Um, but I wanted to have a chance because uh, Paul and Henry uh, are the regulars. I, I call them the roundtable regulars. We have a third chair. Different people occupy that chair, but Woodrow Stanley was frequently a guest, and he held so many elected positions that it was difficult for me to figure out how to refer to him, so I just always called him uh, Politico Emeritus. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a good title in many ways. I, I think so, <clears throat> also. <laughs> well, he, he had served on the city council, and um, then he became the mayor of the city of Flint and then was recalled as mayor. And that, you know, for some people that would have ended their political career, but not for Woodrow Stanley. He came back, 
ran for and won a seat on the Genesee County Board of Commissioners, rose to chairman of that group, and then uh, ran for the State House of Representatives where he served out uh, two terms before being term limited out of that position. I think it's two terms, or is it three? For the three. Okay. Yeah, he, had, he had six years, three terms there for the, the State House. And in fact, before we started the program today, I pulled up the list of Flint, Flint mayors, and unless I've missed something, I think he was our longest-serving mayor. I think you're right it. about that. What was it, four terms? Uh, I think three, well, counting the recall, three to three four-year terms, but he was recalled in 2002, I believe it was. I got the list in front of me here. Yeah, recalled in 2002. But still, even with that, it served basically 11 years, 11-plus years, <clears throat> which is more than any other mayor that I've seen. At least as I scroll through all the list of mayors, that's the longest of any mayor that I see on our list. Woodrow had an incredible uh, personality for making people feel comfortable around him. That is true, Henry. That's yeah, why well, he had and, such longevity. And, and I was going to say, he, you know, he was a frequent uh, contributor to armchair politics, but he had a really special perspective that he brought to the table, um, not only because of his natural gifts and talents, um, his skills as a politician, but his experiences. And, and, you know, having been recalled was one, you, you know, that, that people don't usually survive. So he had that perspective and we could talk about recall elections and campaigns with someone who had really experienced the maximum effect. <laughs> and that recall campaign was really, frankly, a fairly nasty one. I mean, it, got, it really got very, very nasty along the way there. And I, you know, it was, it was obviously very painful for him. But again, it was amazing. He came back with great success to the county commission and the state house and following years and and even even after the state house he remained a, a major political force for other candidates who were running in the area so many other people relied on woodrow for advice and support when they began their campaigns i did the same thing you did paul after i learned that um that wood had passed away i went back through some pictures and i saw one <laughs> that and i almost posted it and i may before the week is uh, is completely over, of Woodrow and Henry. Oh, <laughs> I know which one you're talking about. It's, it's, yes, it, it, they're they're almost arm in arm, if not arm in arm. I I know exactly which picture you're talking about. I believe. Yeah, I was at a. I think that was a, a show you did around Christmas time one time. I believe. Yeah, I well, think Woodrow loved the. Um, the debate nature of uh, civil discourse. Yeah. Uh, oh, know. he did. He really did. <laughs> he, he liked yeah. it to have a little sizzle. He was always respectful. Um, yes, he was. But but he he liked to heat it up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> and, and often at at Henry's expense. As I say, I always got a kick out of that when Woodrow and Henry were on the show. It was always, it was always a great exchange between the two of them. Uh, really well, guys, you're, you're you're so right about that, <clears throat> and um, I, Woodrow Stanley and I celebrated the funeral of uh, another great person in the Flint. Her name was Bessie Stram about three mm -hmm. months ago, yeah. and uh, 
she went to his church, and as a result of that, I went to Woodrow's church as well. And so, and then uh, Floyd Clack and all of the great politicians of Flint were there, and and I I had great reception among that body of people, and they respected me, and so did Woodrow and Stanley. Um, <clears throat> and I enjoyed that so much. When we had a black caucus, and it's what's called the the Democratic Black Caucus. Maybe you guys remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, so I got invited. My wife and I got invited to that uh, many times as if we were really members. Now, of course, there were reactions of uh, indifference and criticism, but also there was reactions of respect and dignity. And I learned to love to go to that. So my wife and I would dress up, and we would go out and and kind of toe-to-toe with all of the leadership of Flint. Of course, we lived in Clio, but we we were friends of the Stanleys. And when, <clears throat> when Woodrow was threatened with recall, I pleaded with him to go out uh, to the conservative community to speak to him because I would lead his entree into that community, and many of them were critical because of the mm-hmm. don't come across the river thing. And so well, said, yeah, we, well, we need to talk about uh, some, some some famous quotes from... That's right, that was one of the most famous ones right after the recall. That's true. We'll, we'll, yeah. get, to, um, we'll get to those in a lot more conversation. We have okay, you go ahead now. Well, Henry, we've got a break coming up here in a couple of minutes, and I wanted to take care of a little bit of housekeeping before we go to break. Um, uh, Woodrow Stanley, uh, as as we mentioned, former mayor of Flint and and state representative, among other offices he held, passed away Wednesday at Hurley Hospital at age 71. there will be uh, visitation and funeral services at uh, Grace Emanuel Baptist Church. Uh, visitation Tuesday, the funeral on Wednesday, and uh, of course you can you can go online and, and uh, find the uh, the details. But uh, let's see, do I have this right? Um, oh, wait a minute. Let me let me get back to this. Uh, uh, Actually, uh, Mr. Stanley will lie in state in the chapel of Lawrence E. Moon Funeral Home uh, and may be viewed Tuesday from 1 to 7 p.m. And then um, on Wednesday, the funeral will be uh, at Grace uh, Emanuel Baptist Church and then uh, interment will be at, uh, boy, where is it? Sunset Hills. Mm. Anyway, we are going to take a short break, but I, I did post on Facebook that the phone lines would be open, and they are if anybody wants to join us in um, remembering Woodrow Stanley on today's uh, edition of the Tom Sumner program. And, and again, uh, coming up toward the end of the hour, we'll, we'll re- remember Wood in his own words for the final segment uh, of, this, uh, of this hour long tribute. Um, anyway, we'll take a short break, and uh, the number to call is 810-339-8255 if you want to join uh, the conversation. We'll be back with more. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom What are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, attorney general stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So, listen... We just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards, and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam? Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dana, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints 
from your connection to consumer protection. Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Woodrow Stanley, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Stream us live weekdays at 9 Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Made possible by listeners like you. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. And welcome back, everybody. We continue our tribute to Woodrow Stanley on uh, today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. He was a frequent visitor to Armchair Politics, so it seemed appropriate to join uh, to be joined by our roundtable regulars today for this tribute uh, remembering Wood. We have uh, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter. And welcome back, guys. Good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of great memories of Woodrow over the years. I uh, I, I did a, an article for East Village that reminded me that I, I knew him when he was a student at Mott College. Uh, he was not a student of mine. But he was a student of a couple of other faculty members, a guy called Bill Johnson, who taught poli-sci. And Bill went on to become mayor of Rochester, New York. And he and Woodrow remained fast friends over the years. And uh, another uh, class he had was with Alice Wallace, who introduced him to local politics when he worked for the campaign of Matty Fordham back in, I guess, the early 70s, probably. And that was Woodrow's first experience in local politics that got him going for all the stuff that followed. Uh, well, it was funny. I, I was reading through the, the Flint Journal, uh, got with, uh, you know, a few people and got some quotes who, who shared some stories about Woodrow Stanley when they published his obit here a day or two ago. And um, they, of course, talked with... Uh, Charles Winfrey, who was uh, an advisor right. to Wood and, and worked in his administration uh, when, when Wood was mayor. And uh, uh, Eric Mays, who referred to Woodrow as, as a mentor. And, and I was thinking about my earliest recollection of Woodrow Stanley was when he was sitting on the city council. And he was on a big kick about absentee landlords. And and dealing with the uh, issues facing uh, uh, or, or revolving around rental housing, and I was going through the leadership Flint program at the time, and the group that I was working with was doing a thing about rental housing, and so I interviewed Wood, and he took the time and sat down and spent uh, an hour or two with me, and and. Uh, and and I just found him to be really accommodating throughout his career. Yeah, I had I had a similar experience. <laughs> uh, Lily McCain and I at at, at Mott uh, put together a video program on leadership, and we interviewed a lot of leaders really around the country. And Woodrow was one of the most accommodating ones we had. We had a wonderful, I think, two hour conversation with him on on video that we used for the course for for years later. You know, my, my comments might be slightly different from yours, but they do converge. You know, as I said on this program, and perhaps uh, you can research, I have tried to reach out to Mayor Stanley, reminding him that we must stand on common ground to reach goals that most black Americans say that they want, they have earned. 
and they would like to strive for it. Having been, uh, never been exposed uh, to a person uh, within this kind of a mindset, I believe this was an unbelievable situation at the time for which we're standing. Division, political divisions and ideology created and practiced at that time many years before he was born, that deviation, that separation. And, but this creates tremendous challenges for African-Americans who have little power and, and can't aggregate it to, to be forceful in the community. So I talked to Woodrow about that, that, that we were obligated to work together. And now you guys might have, can recall that. I constantly try to do that. Yeah. And, and here... Uh, my last comment here is, when Woodrow, wherever Woodrow Stanley went, in an attempt, I tried to create a workable relationship with him to grow common ground. Uh, there was uh, there was his, his, his uh, weekly meetings that he had uh, in his community to invite people. To be informed about issues relative to what Flint needs and so on, and so on. I attended most of those. There was Stanley's Bowling for Dollars, and then there was Rita, Rita's oh. uh, Big Brother. <laughs> we, we all yeah. attended yeah, we those. Haven't right. even, we haven't even right. mentioned uh, Reba yet, uh, but um, I did post something on Facebook that said that the phone lines would be open if, if people wanted to call in and share their thoughts about the passing of uh, former Flint mayor and, uh, or as I call him, Politico Emeritus uh, Woodrow Stanley. And that number is 810-339-8255. And we do have somebody on the line who uh, just joined us a couple of minutes ago. Um, Max Kerner is uh, on the line. Hey, Max. Hey, Hi, Tom. Max. Hey, Max. How you doing? Hi, Max. <clears throat> so what did you want to share about uh, about his honor? You lost it. Max, did we lose Max, you? Max, you there? Hmm. Well, maybe he'll call back. Um, in any event... Um, we were talking in the last segment about some of the things uh, Woodrow had a couple of very memorable quotes. Unfortunately, um, not ones that painted him in a very good light. <laughs> he had one that I remember about uh, some kids. I don't know if you remember the story, uh, uh, killing in Broom Park. Some young people, yes. some young kids from Pontiac had um, jumped oh, yes. a train and rode it up to Flint, were wandering around, ended up in this park, and, and got into it with uh, some locals and um, ended up getting killed. And, um, when, and it, it became a national news story, which I think was a little frustrating to, to Woodrow. And um, a uh, reporter cornered him about the event, and Wood said... Um, you know, what do you expect from me? I'm not their daddy. <laughs> oh. Or something to that effect. <clears throat> yeah, and, I do recall that now that you mention it. And, and it was, <clears throat> uh, you know, and, and given the other quote that you alluded to, Paul, um, about uh, 
not traveling north of the river. Talk, uh, yeah, that, that was the famous one during the recall. I remember. Yeah. <clears throat> in fact, I think I, I saw a story in the Chicago Tribune that picked up that quote somewhere covering that the recall events. <laughs> so, yeah, it got a lot of coverage. If I could add this, when yeah. I was finance chair of the Genesee County Republican Party, I made numerous attempts to convince Woodrow to appoint Republicans to positions of leadership in his administration so that we could save General Motors, the building division of General Motors Corporation, after General Motors had said there would be no additional production after July 1st, 1999. <clears throat> Art McGee was the president of Local... Uh, 59, we had these two powerful black leaders here that I tried to get to work together to save General Motors. And I would invite the governor in because I was close to the governor. But, we, you know, you got to have people on the inside that want to do this, that stand out and take risk. And I don't know why I tried, but uh, and that's part of the record. And that's one of the things I will always remember as I did try to uh, get Stanley to appoint some Republicans to his staff. to, uh, And that was my job, guys. Uh, yeah. And to, yeah, to no, work better for the... Yeah, that was uh, to work better for the citizens of Flint. Thank you. Well, I don't but, know you what know, happened. The, the, Go ahead, the, the The problem is uh, politics divide us. Well, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, maybe more so now than ever. I mean, there was a time really in the past, not that many years ago, it seems, that Republicans and Democrats could work together on common problems, especially on the the municipal level where the partisan differences at least shouldn't have meant quite so much. But unfortunately, these days, it's gotten to be so divisive. Um, I mean, I recall when with Woodrow that he was able to reach out on the, na- the state and national level to leaders of both parties with some real success. Clearly more Democrats than Republicans, but still he was able to reach out to both when he was mayor, and that, that made a big difference. So, Well, there's, uh, there's Max. Let's see. If Is this Max get... okay? Yeah, let me, let me see if I can. Uh... Hello. Hey, Max. Yeah, did you get all that, or did you, did you lose me? Yeah, we had, we had lost you. I'm glad you called back. Did you did you want to share some thoughts about the late mayor? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's try that again, because I, I thought it went beep, and I thought, oh, God, he's gone. All right, well, good, I'm back now. Well, what what are your memories of, uh, of Woodrow Stanley, Max? Well, he was a great mayor. He knew my mother and dad, and... Uh, a lot of times back in the day, I'd uh, have coffee with him and stuff. And I remember when he was on the Dave Barber show years ago, and Dave's <laughs> past as well, they got into a battle in the Genesee Towers building. <laughs> oh, Dave, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> David, uh, David would call Woodrow Sandra Hoodrow. And I'm going, oh, Barber, don't do that. And he, uh, he was well, he called uh, bar. Barber called uh, Governor Angler his royal pudginess. <laughs> but I tell you, uh, he he grew up in this. He grew up in the sports bar, and he knew my brother Jack. My brother Jack's listening right now in Boulder, Colorado, online. Well, hey, and, Jack. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and you know, uh, he wor- Woodrow would worry about me because he knew I was a process server. 
said, Max Humphrey. Somebody's going to kick your ass one of these days. I said, no, that ain't going to happen because I know you. You're going to watch me. And, you know, I could have cared less if he was black. I mean, he had a great sense of humor, and he got it done. And uh, if somebody would tick him off, you know, he'd call me. What do you think, Max? I, well, Woodrow, you know, you, you take care of business. You know, well, I, I, I remember that that incident with Dave Barber in the in the lobby at the radio station in the Genesee Towers. And, um, oh, and, yes. and for people who don't remember and, and this and this this was not one of those things where um, where Woodrow had a reputation for doing this kind of thing. But he did snap with Dave Barber and he punched him and laid him out. <laughs> I know and and dave dave had a real shiner from that encounter oh geez. and and what i what i remember most about that is um i was i was playing drums with george winters at uh the beach tree oh geez oh the beach tree dave oh, dave yeah. used to come in there a lot well he came in <laughs> He's still sporting the shiner, and he's sitting there near the band because he used to sit in. He'd sing a couple of songs, and you know we, I'd sit with him on the breaks, and we'd have cocktails and whatever. <laughs> anyway, Dave was sitting there within earshot, and I I looked over toward the door, and said erroneously, "Oh wow, is that the mayor?" And I thought, I thought, I thought Dave was going to crawl under the table. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I was, I was messing with him later after that occurred, and uh, it was at the uh, Big Boy in Grand Blank, and I, I saw him, and Dave and I, we'd have coffee when he was in town, and uh, I said, what happened to you? Well, I got hit by a bus. I said, yeah, you got it. Got hit by a bus, all right. I said, is it true that you and uh, Dave kind of mixed it up? Well, he started it. I said, well, I don't know. It looks like your face. looks like he won. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in that particular case, um, I, I'd, I'd have to say that Dave probably started it. You know, he could he could be pretty irritating when he went after somebody oh, on the yeah, radio. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he was irritating. I, I, expect, uh, I expect that he um, that he stepped out in front of that bus. Yeah, yeah I'm, right. I'm sure he did. And you know, now the both of them will be up in heaven. Oh, uh, yeah, they're going to be at the round table up there. <laughs> well, and, you know, uh, interestingly enough, both of them, both of them. <laughs> mellowed out later in life well they um, had to they dave, killed each other <laughs> dave got a really great job out east for that uh government television program he did the stand up right and, yep um and all that and and woodrow became a real elder statesman <laughs> in the <laughs> last <laughs> years of of his life and we're gonna be coming up in about 15 minutes or so, I, I have some things that I pulled from the archives from the last time that he sat in with us on uh, Armchair Politics, and and I pulled a few of his comments because he would cover so much information, and, and he always stayed true to some of oh, the, yeah. the yeah. things that mattered to him. There's, uh, oh, let's see, he talks about 
Uh, yeah, he was a great one. He really was. It, well, it was the day after an election, so he talks about leadership qualities and uh, uh, some of the candidates and, and the voters um, and, and voter turnout. And yeah. then um, he talked about uh, the, the GOP uh, various strategies and, and oh yes yes and yes. race um and he, yeah, he was also, very open about that yeah and he, and he also had some very interesting um comments about black politicians and um the defund the police movement oh, yeah. oh yes yes <clears throat> right and and we're going to hear some of those uh some of those comments that I that I pulled from the archive from from the last time he was on the show. Um, All right. Well, listen. I'm glad I could be part of it. And uh, well, thanks, I'll miss Max. The guy. Yep. You yeah, a good one. True. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye bye. All right. Take bye. care, Max. You know, I'm thinking about the exchange with Dave Barber. Didn't he have a similar exchange with Andy Heller from the Flynn Journal about the same time? I mean, I'm not sure it was quite the same. Nature, I don't I think it. Was... I don't think it got. It did not get physical. Yeah, I think that's correct. But I thought there was some friction. But there I over think the... they. I think they had an ongoing war of words because I remember um, we were at uh, the public radio station during a fundraiser when uh, when his uh, ongoing verbal battle with uh, Andy Heller was going on. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, and I, I remember asking him about it, and he said something that was really interesting. Um, he didn't just come back with, you know, with a, a snarky remark. He talked about how hard it is to do what Andy Heller was doing, um, being sarcastic in print. Yeah. And how it was it was doomed to come off badly. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and it was really interesting. He <clears throat> understood it a lot better than you would have imagined from the back and forths. Yeah, because didn't Heller also use the hood roll phrase in his columns? I, 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 I'm not sure, to be honest with you, I'm not sure which I, one of them coined it. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Yeah. Can you imagine if that had been said today, the fifth graders would attack you for saying that. In any school district anywhere in Michigan, like I know, they, they would, uh, kids just think that that's ugly. They have their own biases too, but they, as they are taught by their families. But they would, they would challenge you. And that's a compliment to kids throughout Michigan. And notice I didn't mention race either. No, but I thought um, that was one of those things Woodrow never really let go of, regardless yeah. of how the conversations I wouldn't have either. went and were yeah. going. He always made sure that the racial implications of whatever was being talked about were part of the conversation. And, and he did it really in a straightforward, honest kind of way. I mean, it was not, not what I call a rabble-rousing kind of way. It was a very, very yeah. honest way of looking at race. Yeah. He really was. And Woodrow was a devout uh, Democrat. 
he believed in oh, ideology. Absolutely. ideology. Oh, yeah. He was also a great spiritual man. And uh, you, when you put these things together, it totals a fine human being. And they put the two together. And, and be true to uh, what you believe in. Well, and I give I, him lots of credit. That's why I followed him. He was a great inspiration for me. I would have never been as good as I was without uh, that black caucus and other people. And, you know, the Republicans, and I told them that I, where can I find individuals who would come to the Republican Party without going to the black community? That's what he yeah. I was going to say, one thing that struck me is one interchange we had during the, the Armchair Politics show was whether or not he, he should have the label politician. You know, most politicians that I've known don't like the label. They say they're statesmen or public servants yeah. or something else. But Woodrow said, no, a politician's a legitimate career. Sure. You do it right, and you're working with people. You work out arrangements mm-hmm. to get things done. And he embraced that term, and I agree with him very, very much. I think it's a legitimate career choice, and it shouldn't be a derogatory term. And we had a very nice interchange one time that uh, uh, yeah, I, over that very issue. And and probably more than once, and I considered him to be a real professional. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And and it is and it is a profession, and I will always miss speaking of professional, <laughs> the little barbs between. Woodrow and Henry. He oh yes. Woodrow loved to tease Henry about being a Republican. <laughs> and they did that. They did that thirty years ago when we were in the Black Caucus. You oh, know, sure. I, I got my, uh, my not only respect, but I also got uh, lots of uh, admiration and <laughs> criticism with it. But I enjoyed it. But yeah, I'm 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 gonna miss those exchanges very much, as I'm sure Henry will, because at the end of the day, um, it was it was obvious, despite the barbs, that they both respected each other very much. Very true. Very true. And I really yeah. I enjoyed Wood's company, and I used to run into him. You know, he's a big music fan, and uh, I would run into him at at musical events and. And we'd talk music a little bit, and th- and that was kind of a fun element as well. But I uh, I I did promise we've got a break coming up here in about a minute, so I I just want to take this time to thank Paul and Henry for helping me remember Woodrow for the listeners, and thanks Max uh, for calling in and and being part of it as well. Um, coming up after this uh, break, I'm gonna have three or four sound bites from armchair politics it'll take up a pretty good chunk of the last segment so i i just want to thank the both of you for being part of this oh so it's a pleasure it's just great to remember well thank you friend and i enjoyed it and i'll i'll see you at the funeral if you're there or the wake or whatever yeah i will go to both of them i i don't know if i'll make it to both but i'm going to try to be at one or the other yeah i hope to see you there to confirm how much we uh, did appreciate and love Woodrow. Yeah. All right. right, Take care, guys, and I'll talk to you. Thank you. You bet. Bye, Paul. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care, Henry. Bye. 
Okay, we're going to break and let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. And when we come back, Woodrow Stanley in his own words. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. Is a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. 
alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! From the Tom Sumner Show. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Woodrow Stanley, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Stream us live weekdays at 9 Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Made possible by listeners like you. The Tom Sumner Program. Fashion radio for a new generation. Here you have folks who want to be in the limelight, so to speak, and they want to be the leader, but somehow they didn't understand that a part of my job as a leader is to help create enthusiasm, to educate those that I want to serve. So that they engage and and trust again to go back to that same right 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 you, you engender um, yeah. engender trust so yeah. we didn't see um, that connection to you know folks actually deciding to run and then people coming out to vote I should say this that John Northrup who served on the city council with me and and um, John and I didn't always <laughs> agree on on uh, the political issues. But the advice that I, that I got from him that I will always be um, appreciative of, my first term, and I hadn't been on the council probably six months, and he came up to me one day and he says, you know, just a little bit of advice. You ought to get involved in the Michigan Municipal League. I didn't even know what the Michigan Municipal League was. <laughs> you know, I was just, you know, trying to find my way around. And I went to a new member's orientation, and a guy um, who was the um, – the uh, executive director of the league at that time and former mayor of Ypsilanti said, hey, hey man, we, we don't get people from Flint down here very often. Hmm. And he got me involved in committees and so forth, just really mm-hmm. kept me engaged. That's the nice. whole point was they needed urban representation. They need folks from Flint. And perspective. And, yeah, mm-hmm. because the guys from rural Michigan and suburban Michigan, they were at the door. Mm-hmm. Lined up, had a number. <laughs> I'm next, and so um, I told John some years later that <laughs> you know, John, we've argued a lot, <laughs> but my man, that was great advice. Thank you. Yeah. We'd always say I associate myself with uh, the remarks that my uh, distinguished friend. George <laughs> <laughs> um, but 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 I, you know the, the, the my, one of my takeaways from yesterday, um, you know, and this is. You know, we spend a lot of time, at least I do, talking about, um, you know, the Republican Party and all of its warts. Um, but the Democratic Party, uh, and I, look, I have the bona fides to sort of, um, and, and, and the, you know, you, if I take my shirt off and you look at my back, you see the wet marks uh, from, uh, um, I landed some blows. Uh, yeah. but, but, but I know the Democratic Party has, has uh, engaged in a lot of, of um, self-inflicted um, kinds of uh, kinds of things, and one in particular. Now, this this uh, this is something I just saw this um, uh, 
piece was on the ballot in, in Minneapolis to oh, yeah, uh, the police issue. Yeah, defund the police. Yeah. So this 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 is one of those pieces for guys like me that have held public office, you black, you gotta deal with the police issue. Mm -hmm. It's real. It's, it, it, it ain't made up. These numbers, these people who, who have died, and, and and these are not black folks just saying this. There's a thousands and thousands of white folks who are saying, hey look, we gotta do something. But using the term defund the police oh, the don't work. Worst slogan in the world. As, as, yeah. as a retail well, politician, post, I can tell you, the, it don't work because when someone wants a police officer yeah. it, and they have a police issue, they don't want me to send them a social worker. Yeah. You know, say, hey, look, well, I don't have an officer available, but I'm going to send uh, uh, MSW. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. This is not an MSW issue. The there, there's some MSW the issues that need to be dealt with. This is not one of them. You need a police officer. So we have that issue that the Dems, and, and that's that um, progressives versus mainstream Democrats. That piece is, is getting played out in real, real time, just as, and, and these guys, George, have heard me say this, Republican Party is no longer a party. It's a cult. It's a Trump party. Yeah, yeah. it's a cult. Well. Let me just take this back a little bit further. So in terms of how we engage in the political square, um, there is a strategy that the Republican Party has had in place. I, I want you all to, and George, bear in mind, too, that when Obama was president, who did the Republicans run against? Regardless to if mm -hmm. Woodrow Stanley was on, Tom Sumner, Paul Rosicki, the person that everybody, if you were a Republican, who, do, who would you run against? You ran against Obama. You mm -hmm. weren't running for yeah. president. You ran against so, yeah, yeah. so, well, so, that's true. You, you know, so that, that, that happens. But and that needs to change. When George he, cited Biden for uh, citing Trump's name 24 times right. in a speech, you could go back to Trump's speeches and right. say, look at how many times he evoked someone's right. name and beat up on him. You know, it's just... Just not. Here's the bigger strategy. The bigger strategy, strategy is this, because this is all going to play out next year. This, 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 this right here. This was, is it's was, a warm up. This, this, this is just a warm up. Yeah. This, this is not even the undercard. This is the under, under, undercard. Mm. Um, <laughs> this is off, because off, remember off what has been happening. Now, in Virginia, the numbers that I saw um, just this morning is the um, suburbs. In the rural areas, uh, way up. What's that? White folks voting. Mm -hmm. And that strategy will be replicated around the country. And that strategy is connected to all of the states that have enacted voter suppression efforts because what do you do? The Republic Republicans are not playing addition in terms of folks outside of the family voting. You're not trying to get um, more black folks voting, more brown people voting. You're mm -hmm. trying to get more white people voting. Sure. They talk about the critical race theory uh, in Virginia. Uh, uh, Larry Sabato, yes, I, I yes. know you. Uh, yeah. Sabato, probably the most, uh, not probably, the most well-known political scientist in Virginia and one of the most uh, well-known in the country, yeah. um, said it's three words in that piece that played prominently in Virginia. Only one of those words 
is significant. And it ain't critical, and it ain't fear. That's right. <laughs> the, the key word was race. Yeah. And that, that strategy, such a hot that strategy is going to repeat itself across the country because it was tested in Virginia. New Jersey, not so much because New Jersey is kind of crazy. I, I've got a lot of political friends in New Jersey, and I mean, New Jersey is one of those places where you can be a member of city council and a state representative simultaneously. Mm. I, I don't know exactly how you do that, but mm. but but you can do it. Um, so I, I, I make that point. Mm. Wash my hands. I don't touch my face. At home, shelter in place, social distance, don't go to work, I wear a mask and gloves, stay away from church, I avoid old folks, and should I sneeze, I do it in my elbow or up my sleeve. Six feet apart, that is the room. And I pray for the day the kids can go back to school. I'm washing my hands like a raccoon with OCD. I've watched Hulu, Roku, Netflix, PBS, and the BBC. I've taken down all my mirrors, and I'm sick of what I see. Two more weeks of quarantine will be the death of me. The death of me. I risk a trip. To buy a TV and a few things more. But when I get there, all I can find is 16 honey buns and some mad dog wine. I'm washing my hands like a raccoon with OCD. I've watched Hulu, Roku, Netflix, PBS, and the BBC. I've taken down all my mirrors, cause I'm sick of what I see. Yeah, two more weeks of this quarantine's gonna be death of me the death of me you know they say this is war but we don't have to storm Omaha Beach or Pork Chop Hill and we just lay here on the couch and watch TV Whew, I'd rather volunteer for a high risk commando raid to parachute into Wuhan and find that little fellow that ordered that bad soup I know I'm talking out of my head saying crazy stuff over and over like Yes, dear. Yes, dear. 
At breakfast, I meant to say, honey, please pass me the pepper. Well, what slipped out was, you crazy woman, you've ruined my life. <laughs> of course, I immediately apologized <laughs> as soon as I regained consciousness. From the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.